An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the... Oh, whoa. I didn't like that at all. What just oh. happened? Holy shit. Should we keep that in? Let's just keep it. <laughs> I know. That was weird. Let's just keep that in. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Glad my vocal cords just showed up for that one. Today it is Power Hour. We are power ranking something on every Wednesday. And this week we are power ranking more people that you should trade for. The default trade deadline on Yahoo is actually this Saturday. I think it's November 19th. I don't know what your, you should check what your trade deadline is in your league, but if you're on Yahoo and your commissioner didn't edit that, then it's probably this Saturday. So we wanted to give more players we think you should trade for and yeah, check your settings. Like it's important to know when your trade deadline is, because I feel like sometimes you got to play like, like there's some foreplay or some footsie kind of, if you want to get a trade done, sometimes people got to think about it. You know, you got to set the <laughs> seeds in like a week early sometimes. Yeah, you got to do the dance, you know, wine and dine. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you got to do like, it's kind of like, you know, three dates before you can expect something. And now it's like, you got to have three different text conversations before you can sometimes like actually get a trade through. <laughs> DK wouldn't know because he never gets trades done. <sighs> DK hates Bad. trades. I hate trading. <laughs> DK just hates managing 20. So if you have 25 different leagues, do you have 200? Like, do you have like 300 different people you play fantasy football with? <laughs> no, there's definitely some, some overlap, I'd say. Still, though, hu- probably hundreds. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you don't like tra- having to trade and figure out who's on what team. I definitely anyway. I have a few leagues where I like don't actually know everyone in the league, so that's kind of weird sometimes. Well, I think, once again, that will inform this exercise because sometimes when we do trade candidates, I like to get people that I'm very confident you can acquire if you want to, and DK's like, here are good players. So we'll see if we have that same dichotomy again. Uh, but we'll start it off. We're going to do this power hour style, so if you don't know, after two minutes, you'll hear this sound. That's Tom Tom Club. Great song. So every two minutes, we'll move on in theory, or we'll just disrespect Tom Tom. We'll see. So with that said, let's do it. 10 more trade candidates. Heifetz ranked these today. I, yeah, so I ranked these. So everyone said, why do Craig we trust him to do this? Yeah. Uh, 
well, you guys just were like, do you want to do it? That's so kind that, of, yeah. That's it. I asked if you'd want to do it, and then you said yes. So I was like, sweet. Craig actually showed up this time instead of texting us half an hour before. It was like, guys, I can't make it. <laughs> so Listen, <laughs> this is a guilt trip hour. Once a year, Bill gets to, to pluck me from a fantasy <laughs> show. Once a year. Yeah, it's like the purge. Okay, so with that all that said, 10 more trade candidates. Thikas, um, starting with one of yours. Oh. I was intrigued by this. Start the clock. Kyler Murray, Cardinals quarterback. You had him as a trade candidate. Yes, Why? I also wanted to point out this is a little bit of a Costanza trade target because, mm. frankly, like, logic would probably say don't do this. But I just kind of am going with, <laughs> I'm going against, like, logic. I'm going against maybe, like, my better, um, you know, instincts on this one. He has struggled, typically, in the second half of seasons. Um, I don't know if Cliff is really that good of a coach, to be honest. So that's part of this whole deal. But I'm kind of just excited to see what this offense looks like and what Kyler can do when uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and Rondale Moore are all on the field at the same time, which I don't believe we've ever seen. It's just going to be kind of fun. Um, also, maybe he's just going to finally buck this second half slump thing. I think the last couple of years has always been injury related. And so anyway, I think there's probably some people out there that are a little bit frustrated with Kyler. He's not necessarily doing terribly, but he's not doing great. Maybe you could, you know, convince someone to give him up, whatever. I just kind of think he's going to have a good second half of the season against all odds. That's that's. I my agree take. that this is a Costanza, but you're just saying the second half stuff's usually injury related. He just missed this week with the hamstring injury. You're saying like that is why people would get rid of him. <laughs> like it's not very convincing. Right. Well, this is a Costanza. That's what I'm saying. It I, is a Costanza a little bit. I agree. And Zach Ertz is out for the season. Every other thing about Kyler. It would say, don't do this. However, <laughs> yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, true. Marquise Brown, Rondo Moore, all on the field at the same time. James Conner's back. He's healthy. When Marquise Brown's coming back, did they throw out week 13 for Marquise Brown? I think he'll be back. I saw like week 11 or 12. I think he's really close. I think he's really close. If a bye week 13, I guarantee you he comes back week 14. My only qualm with this is that their week 14, 15, and 16 schedule, which is the last game of the regular fantasy season and the first two games of the fantasy playoffs, they play the Patriots, then at Denver, then home against the Bucks. Yeah, I think, but the problem, here's the deal. He's They're always going to have trailing scripts. I think they've been trailing for literally more than any other team in the NFL this year. Or like uh, like more, yeah. the percentage of the time that they're trailing in games is like highest of any team. Yeah, he's kind of a fantasy custodian. Yeah, you kept bringing up all those weird first quarter stats that didn't matter, remember, with the Cardinals? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see, I'm sure we can look this up. I'd love to see how much Kyler runs in the fourth quarter. I feel like he has more rushing yards in the fourth quarter than he does in the first three quarters combined every game. Yeah, basically to round it all out, I, be, I the reason I want to do this is because there are no other, like, quote unquote, running quarterbacks that have, like, elite ceilings that I think people are going to let go at this point. You know what I mean? Like, me, I, I talked about Lamar last week, so I'm not going to talk about him again. He'd be the other guy on this well, list. You, well, if, if Lamar, well, Lamar is on buy, so everything with Lamar is on ice. Would you rather trade for Lamar or Kyler? I would rather trade for Lamar, but we, I didn't want to repeat the same guy. Well, so you'd have to give up less to get Kyler. How much more would you give up to give up Lamar? I know this is a very hard question to answer, but <laughs> yeah, that's it's like it's a very personal question. And I'm not how much more, DK? Would you give up seven more? <laughs> Eight, maybe exactly seven. nine. Costanza. All right. Speaking of George Costanza, next one here, George Kittle. Tight end for the Niners. Ooh. I also Ooh. debated having Kittle. Craig had him prominently. Craig, why George Kittle by low candidate? George Kittle just he's coming off a bye and then the worst game of the season for him. He had two points. 
And on the season, he's the tight end 17, but per game, he's the tight end eight. But sometimes a lot of people just kind of look at the overall stats and go, oh man, George Kittle, tight end 17. He hasn't done a lot for you. He was hurt to start the season. But even though Kittle hasn't really been as explosive, I just feel like the Niners are kind of getting right. They're starting to play better. And all the underlying Kittle numbers are still good. Like he's actually seeing more targets per game than he did last year when he had 900 yards. Uh, he's actually seeing more red zone looks, more end zone looks. Um, like I said, Niners are getting healthier. Schedule's competitive, not incredibly hard to end the season. And uh, I mean, he's the second best tight end in the league. And I think you can get him right now for a slight discount. Here's my problem. I had George Kittle, too, and what I kept coming back to. I don't know how to trade for tight ends, like good ones. Like, it's kind of like how Travis Kelsey always feels impossible to trade for because you're like, well, what do I give you for Travis Kelsey? And then you talk about it with the guy for like 10 seconds, and they're like, yeah, nope, nope, we can't figure anything out. Kittle is a problem <laughs> because everyone who has George Kittle, even if they know that Kittle hasn't been playing well, they just look up and they're like, okay, well, he had a bad game. Then he had the three good games, and they're like, but then if I trade with Kittle then I'm just you if I don't have George Kittle anymore. You know what I mean? It's like once you feel like you're out of like the muck of not streaming the tight ends, no one wants to go back. You know what I mean? I'm going to say, can we stop? Let's stop psychoanalyzing people making trades again. P people make weird trades. It's a thing. Also, like if some guy spent $35 on George Kittle in an auction and the rest of his team is injured and depleted, maybe he will get rid of him for a Pat Fryermuth and... Uh, you know, Miles Sanders or something like that. You know, like that seems like a. So, would you do that? That's a lot. I'm just Hyvitz. I don't know. I, my point is, is that I think George Kittle <laughs> is going to have asking. a stronger end of his season than he has played. I think okay. the, the tight end thing is an important discussion because uh, Zach Ertz is out for the season. Gerald Everett, I think, is going to be out for a few a few weeks. There's there's a real need now. If, if two people if people have two tight ends, like they have a good position in a, in like the trade negotiation, so maybe they can get a lot. I don't know. Maybe this is just... Yeah, like, the guy who had Kittle had to, to add a second tight end to start the season for three weeks. Maybe he's had that guy on his bench. Maybe it is a, a Gerald Everett type, and now he's like, you know what? I'd rather get rid of Kittle here and get two players who could fill the rest of my roster, and I can I can put back in a Gerald Everett. I can put back in a David Njoku or something like that. I think that's a good point. I think Gerald Everett right now, I don't know, he seems banged up too, but regardless, I think that you're right, that whoever's Kittle probably is the second tight end. But while we're on tight end, next one here, Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. DK, you had Schultz yeah. as a bylaw too. I think you're right about big picture. Like a lot of people need tight ends. And also Dallas Goddard, we even mentioned Dallas Goddard also got hurt in Monday Night Football. And so there are a lot of like tight ends in flux. And if you have an extra tight end, people are probably like, see, you could trade him away for oh, something. God, yeah. So why I forgot about Goddard too. Goddard, Goddard, Ertz, and Gerald Everett, like three of the probably top 10 or whatever they are now. Um, yeah, so Schultz, obviously he dealt with injury throughout much of the season, but he's come on really strong again. Dak is back, and Dak loves passing to Dalton Schultz. It's like his favorite guy outside of C.D. Lamb. Um, since returning to the lineup, Dalton Schultz has a 21% target rate. That's really strong for a tight end. It's fifth best um, among all tight ends in that stretch. He has an 80. He runs routes on 88% of the times he's out there, so he's not like blocking a lot. Um, 20 targets in the last three games. And he's the tight end four since he came back. And again, this is three weeks, three games for him. Dak loves Schultz. That's the thing. It's like, he's like his security blanket over the middle. So I think he's a guy that's going to get stronger as the season goes on. He's always going to be, I think at, he's always going to give you like a floor because just Dak just loves targeting him, dumping off to him or whatever over the middle of the field. So um, when he's outside the pocket, he always looks for him too. So that's another, I just think he, you know, has a chance to finish really, really strongly. That's why we had him rank so high prior to the year. Rest of the season, George Kittle or Dalton Schultz, who do you think does better? Man, 
That's a good question. I think Kittle has a higher ceiling just because he's so much more dynamic. But Schultz, to me, is probably week in and week out more likely to get like a, like five, six, seven targets. Like, the, I don't trust the 49ers offense at all. I kind of do. Too many, that, mouths, too many mouths to feed in that offense. I think the fact that you even had to think about it makes Schultz the more attractive trade target. Now, realistically, like, it's much easier to kind of reverse engineer and look at your standings right now or just look at everyone's roster and be like, who has two tight ends? And see if one of them are Kittle yeah. or Schultz. Then yeah, just totally. find the team with Dalton Schultz. And if they have one, t- it's pretty hard to pry the one tight end. You're like, hey, I'll give you Kyle Pitts. And they're like, no, I don't want Kyle Pitts. However, I think Schultz is probably just going to be cheaper because the name, like, no one thinks of Schultz and Kittle is even close. So that's- Although uh, Schultz violates, Schultz on this list violates Heifetz's rule of he just had his best game of the season. <laughs> that's true. Which I do, I you do subscribe to. It's hard to trade somebody who just had the best game of their season. It's like impossible. No, That's why it's, it's not. Well, it's not. Here's why. Because a lot of people like trading high on guys. Maybe they don't believe that they're going to have a strong season down the stretch or whatever. Like they're going to trade high, you know, take their take their profits or whatever because he just had a big, big week. Like you guys keep psychoanalyzing all these trade like theoreticals. Just try. See what happens. We keep saying that, but I feel like that it's not like shit I made up. It's like all the time I try to trade for someone. And they're just like, no, he's playing really well. I want to keep him. It's also personal experience. Every time I have a player who's playing really well, Mike Williams last year. I got offers for Mike Williams last year when he was going crazy. I didn't trade him, even though I knew most likely he was going to fall off a cliff. But it's hard. I think it depends on the player. It depends on how much that person believes in that said player. Like, There's a lot of times, I'll be honest, where a player, I'm waiting for a player to have a big game, specifically so I can trade him. But here's my question. How many trades... Of the trades you make in a given year, what percentage of them are in Dynasty versus a redraft league? I make more redraft trades. Really? That, I'm, Dynasty's wow, okay. forever, man. It's hard to make trades in Dynasty. Redraft is like whatever. Like we might, you know, like who knows what's going to happen next week. I'm like stunned. I feel like you don't even. Wow. This is okay. why you guys Not psychoanalyze trading so much. It's like, I, I don't know. My experience is different than yours, I guess. Well, wow. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> God, there's. There's millions and millions of trades in fantasy every day, guys. Just embrace like the fact that some of them are weird. They're like air more more airplanes in the air at a given time or trades being made at a given moment. <laughs> the trades are safer, I'll tell you that. All right. Oh God, Craig. We have more That's a joke based on later. yes last yesterday's episode, <laughs> Monday's episode. Planes are safe. I'm not a crazy person. I know flights are safe. Next one here, DK, you have T. Higgins as a as a trade candidate. Yes. Like trade four. Trade candidate for, trade for him. So he's been a little bit quiet of late. 7.7, 11.8, 12.4, 9.5, and half PPR over the last four weeks. That's not like bad necessarily, but it's definitely not good. That's not why we were so excited about him coming into the year. Maybe people are a little bit nervous about this Bengals offense in general, especially without Jamar Chase in there. Um, but I think that the idea behind this exercise is to trade for players that could absolutely go scorched earth. We've seen T. T Higgins go scorched earth in the past. Especially last year, down the stretch, he had like multiple 30-plus point games. I'm chasing the ceiling that you could potentially get with T. Higgins, regardless of whether Chase plays or not. Like, Jamar Chase might be back soon. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. So so I think Higgins is going to be the number one target in this offense, at least for the next few weeks. Plus, when Chase gets back, like, that's almost sometimes good for Higgins, just because then he could be like, the defense isn't really tilting in this direction. So in either case, I like what T. Higgins can bring. I like the ceiling. Bengals have the fourth easiest schedule to opposing receivers down the stretch, according to Fantasy Pros. So, you know, he's got the good connection with his quarterback. He's got a 
relatively light schedule. He's the number one guy in this offense until Chase gets back, and he still has a lot of ceiling, even if Chase does return. I like this one a lot. He hasn't really done a lot. Higgins has always been the guy who... It's weird with him. I feel like there's there are there are so much so many expectations around Higgins. Like the narrative around him has kind of culminated to this like, well, you know, he's just as good as Chase like when he's on the field. There's always those stats of like if you really yeah, look yeah. at on a 16 game pace, Higgins and Chase are actually uh much more similar than you think. And yet this year he hasn't really kind of done it yet. Um so I, I like this uh, as a bet for the second half of the season. Yeah, I have to say when you watch the games considering how much time he's had with chase out it hasn't looked that way now maybe he's really talented the Bengals and zach taylor is a terrible coach or whatever but like that Bengals browns game was seared in my mind because like jamar chase just being out and you kind of had the opportunity and t higgins was like borderline invisible and then the end of the game he got like a touchdown but it was honestly a total garbage time touchdown like the game was basically over uh this makes a lot of sense to me but it's been weird to see higgins like not really step into the opportunity kind of at all i think but i like this for fantasy purposes yeah Next one here, speaking of regression, Michael Pittman for the Colts, who we loved before the season a lot and has been, I, I mean, abominable. He's basically had two double-digit games Abom- this year. Appalling. Yeah, he he's Appalling. Been, he was kind of my biggest miss. I was so into him. In week one, he had like 120 yards and a touchdown, and I felt great. Then he got hurt, and then it kind of all went downhill after that other than one other big game. But man, Matt Ryan, Jeff Saturday. I'd like to nominate the phrase any given Saturday, by the way, as the Colts' new mantra. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. Uh, Why did I, how have I not heard that one yet? (laughs) I don't know. But uh, this is simple, right? Matt Ryan's back. I think Matt Ryan is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. And the numbers when Matt Ryan's on the field versus Sam Ellinger is they're, they're very different. Uh, Pittman averages 75 yards a game with Ryan compared to 37 with Ellinger. He averages three more targets a game and they just throw way more. I mean, Matt Ryan throws the ball 40 times a game. It's fifth in the league. Sam Ellinger doesn't even get close to that. Um, and Pittman's been mediocre the last, you know, the last four weeks, two of them have been with Ellinger. They're, they've been bad. And then the first game back with, with Ryan, he had 50 yards, seven catches. It's fine. But like, he's been disappointing for every game, but really two this entire season. And I could see the Colts just getting back to their ways, throwing the ball 45 times a game and Pittman kind of coming out on top as the number one again. I love this one. This is a great buy low because you know, the talent is there. And then with the quarterback coming back, the, new, the vibes are great with the interim head coach now. It's You always, I don't know, do you always, I feel like we always see teams rally around the interim coach after somebody gets fired. I'm guessing that's probably incorrect. Bill was joking about that, that like interim coaches must be like 50-0 in the first game. <laughs> yeah. Um, the vibes seem like infinitely better than they were before this. Um, but yeah, the coach, the the quarterback thing is the biggest one. Like obviously, you know, with, with Matt Ryan back in there, they're going to pass way, way more. So this is huge for Pittman. And the playoffs, fantasy playoffs, Vikings, Chargers, Giants. Not bad. I think this is a really good one. Shout out Michael Pittman. Acquirable. He's good. Also acquirable. We had two Steelers here. I'm just going to put them back to back. I will say I'm running this one back. Didn't we do this last week? Yes. I did. And I'm just doing Deontay Johnson again because I had a few last week. I had Chris Godwin. I had James Conner, Deontay Johnson among them. And basically the pitch in all of them was the same. They have the jobs. They're getting the chances. They haven't scored touchdowns. Connor and Godwin both scored touchdowns last week. I am running this back. Deontay Johnson is going, he has to score touchdowns soon. He is, he's like the 40-year-old virgin sequel. He has 80 targets and he hasn't scored yet. That's like impossible. 
It is impossible to get 80 targets in a season and not score. He's going to have to score. Like right now, he's like Josh Reynolds, Josh Palmer, Corey Davis, Darius Slayton. Like that's basically points per game who Deontay Johnson is if you cover up the names. But considering how much he gets the ball, I feel like he's going to, if he gets four touchdowns the rest of the season, he's a perfectly fine flex and you can get him for like free. I don't know. Craig, you also had George Pickens though. And I feel like. Yeah, it's almost for the exact opposite reason why I have Pickens and you have Deontay. Yours is very statistically focused, uh, target focused. I just think Deontay Johnson has such, all of his targets to me are are empty calorie targets. They're like they are. five yard outs with his back facing the end zone. And Pickens to me is the guy, it's more of a gut call here. Uh, he's the most talented player on the team. Claypool's gone. They wanted to get him involved more. He got a goal line touchdown last week uh, on the ground. But he's just been open a ton. Pickett's been missing him. I'm betting on, you know, Pickett and Pickens being better in the second half of the season with a way easier schedule. And uh, I just think Pickens is running the the type of routes that can lead to better fantasy performances. I mean, he's he practically has more fantasy points than Deontay Johnson on the season, and he has like half the targets. Let's just lump these together and do twice the time. So I agree. I think that like rest of the season, I actually think George Pickens would be better than Deontay. The reason I like Deontay, and I'm the opposite of DK, I'm sorry. I, I, psycho, I like to psychoanalyze with the trades. I think it's important. I think that anyone who has Deontay Johnson is sick of him. Like, I think Deontay Johnson is, it, it, after Kyle Pitts, I don't know if there's any player that's in lineups every week that people actually secretly wish they could cut. And I think that Deontay Johnson, you could get for like nothing. Like, I think if you have Alex Madison, or you could flip him to the Dalvin Cook guy for da- for like Deontay Johnson. I swear to God, I think a really good handcuff. I'm serious. Deontay Johnson said like, Deontay Johnson in P- half PPR has not had double digits since September. Like, I don't think the person has Deontay Johnson. The point I'm making is it's worth checking. I'm not saying give up a lot. I'm saying that I think whoever has Deontay, if they have like other receivers, are sick of Deontay Johnson. But I agree that I would offer more for Pickens. I just think Deontay is like cheaper. Yeah, you're you're probably right that he's a little bit cheaper at this point, which kind of sounds crazy when you think about it, considering Pickens is like a rookie and really has been up and down. I mean, he had zero points two, last two games ago. <laughs> oh, I um, remember. <laughs> yeah, three targets, uh, zero <laughs> points in the game. But, you know, Matt Harmon, who works for Yahoo, does this thing called Reception Perception, which is just like a lot of great numbers on wide receivers. He did a di- uh, he made a diagram last week uh, checking in on all the rookie wide receivers. And the diagram shows each route that they that a receiver can run and it's either in green it's or a yellow or red to show how successful they are. George Pickens, nine of the ten routes are green, and oh, yeah. the other ones he's yellow. Incredible, he's just fantastic. He's genuinely <laughs> Pickett did a, honestly a bad job against the Saints. Pickens was open a ton and he either overthrew him or just didn't even look his way. So uh, the the Pickens bet is more of a of a picket bet that he's going to, God, it's so hard to go between those two names. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have to do it for so long. <laughs> well, maybe not that long. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> or, or maybe like three more months. <laughs> I don't know. But I think De- Deontay, I, I agree with you that like the higher floor there is like Deontay's probably just going to get like nine, 10 targets a game. And I'm sure a touchdown's coming. DK, what do you think? Are you sick of my psychoanalyzing? Who would what? you rather have DK rest of the season? I would rather trade for George Pickens, but I would, to be clear, I would too. I just think, I don't think it, I don't here's hyphens. It's not that I don't like your psychoanalyzing. I just think you can't paint with broad strokes like that. Like every there's a, so many trades. Just throw out trade offers like see what happens. Like you're talking yourself out of offering trades already. No, 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 no. To be clear, I, I'm not saying like don't ask. What I'm saying is you should always ask. I think that this is just realistically 
Well, you're saying you basically your argument has always been like, oh, no one's going to trade that guy. So how do you know? Don't (laughs) I'm not saying don't like offer for I think that if you actually want to try to make a trade, the best strategy is to actually text people. Yeah. And in the league and see who texts back. And like the most important thing is like a willing person. Like that's more important than like even the when your lineup makes sense right. or your rosters make sense. And a person that actually is also interested enough in making a trade is more important than any of that stuff, basically. And if you can find someone whose roster makes sense with yours, that's the best thing. Within that, I just think that it is also good to like, I think that it's hard to make trades. I think that 80% of the trades that you actually end up throwing out there, I think makes sense. They just don't work out. It's hard to make trades in fantasy football. Like it's not like fantasy baseball where like people need like nine different positions and it's helpful. It's like people need four things and you're trying to align. Like, you know, if you have one, you need this, but they need that. So I think the easiest people to acquire are the guys that make people like yell at their television. Like when you're on Sunday and you're mad at your own players, those are the people, people that are actually easy to get and they're like you know what fuck it yeah i'll just uh, sure and i think that those are the people that are easy to get obviously but sometimes those are the players people get mad at because they're not very good or because they're not going to continue they're not going to do well like sometimes some of these are like trade for a really good player and and you know trade high like it's not always bad to trade high for a guy or to buy overpay high. buy mm-hmm. high i should say yeah, yeah. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. The next one you got here is Jeff Wilson for the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. this one's interesting. Buy high, buy high. Obviously, he's already coming in and taking care, like taking over the job. My my reasoning on this is like the, the Dolphins are telling us that he's the guy already. And Mostert has been hurt, I want to say, like every year that he's played. He's managed to stay healthy throughout this, uh, this season so far. But um, since he was traded to the Dolphins, Wilson is the RB3 overall in PPR. Obviously, again, this is going to be kind of hard to go out and just grab this guy. He's not going to come cheap, but I think you trade high for a guy because, number one, this is a good offense. Number two, the way that they run their scheme gives the running backs like big wide lanes to run through because like the defenses are so concerned about Waddle and Hill downfield. Create space. And number th- and I don't know what number I'm on, number three or four. <laughs> they clearly are favoring him in terms of like they want him to be the foundation back. He's outcarried most of 26 to 17 in two games. He has almost double the yards. He has eight eight targets to six for Mostert, 56% snap rate. He's getting most of the goal line work or the majority of the goal line work. Um, and by the way, the Dolphins have the sixth easiest remaining schedule according to Fantasy Pros for running backs, including games against Houston, the Chargers, and the Packers, who have been all have all been bad against the run. So this is a perfect example, I think, of trading high for a guy, even though, like, obviously he's coming off a couple of big games. 
because I just think it's going to continue and you're going to continue to get that value or you're going to continue to get that production, I should say. So he's the RB3, you said, but I, I'm assuming people probably, we're, we're not actually thinking he's going to finish the season as the RB3 in the, in the games he's no. playing, but do you view him as like a top 10, top 12 guy? Yeah, top 12, I, I want. I want to play the name game, but to, to your point, DK, the more I think about this and turn this over in my mind, I almost wish I'd just put this number one. I love this because I think that like, because just our preconceived notions, no one thinks of Jeff Wilson as a top 10 back, right, but right, like, would you right. rather have Je Jeff Wilson or Aaron Jones the rest of the season? I'm going to, I'm going to disrespect Tom Don. Uh, this is important. That's close. I probably still would stick with Aaron Jones. I don't think it's close. I think it's Jeff. Like, like in terms of what, like three months from now, when we look back, I think it's Jeff Wilson from this point forward. I mean, they're both in timeshares. Obviously, AJ Dillon doesn't get quite they're as much. Time, but the, the, I, yeah. I think that it's overlapping. I think you're right because it's overlapping things that people can't get through their skull just because it hasn't been repeated enough. The Dolphins are a top three offense in the NFL. Yeah. And Jeff Wilson is the lead running back for the top three. I think offense. the space that, that is, they create with their passing game too is so good yeah. for the running backs. And he's like, he's been really good. You know, he's a good running back. Would you rather have Jeff Wilson or Miles Sanders for the rest of the season? I think I would go with Wilson. I think so, too. Would you rather yeah. have Jeff Wilson or, or uh, Josh Jacobs for the rest of the season? Jacobs. Jeff I'm not going to disrespect Jacobs any more than we already have. Yeah. What were you going to say? Jeff Wilson or uh, Joe Mixon? Mixon. Mixon's Mixon. getting incredible volume. Well, can we switch to wide receiver? Because I think if you're going to overpay for Jeff Wilson or make like a real offer, you're probably going to be giving up not a running back. Yeah. W would you give up somebody like Amari Cooper? Yeah. Mike Evans? Yeah. Terry McLaurin? Probably not. I think I would give up a big name run. Like I would give up. I think that Jeff Wilson will be better than Alvin Kamara the rest of the way. And I think that you could offer Alvin Kamara for like Jeff Wilson and Plus. then pick up a receiver in the net. Yeah, and especially like if Jameis Winston running back. There's there's rumors now Jameis Winston's going to be the starter. And that is that really... right? There's Jameis rumors. Yeah, yeah. I would. F I think you're right, DK. Flipping, yeah, getting away from Alvin Kamara just in case the Saints keep losing, go back to Jameis and Kamara will be useless again because no checkdowns. And then you can pick up Jeff Wilson. And then like I think it's totally fair to ask for like Gabe Davis. That's you know, a good one. Probably do That's better a, than that. Yeah, even. Yeah. I didn't know Jameis was percolating. I'm, I'm, that gets me excited. Yeah, there was Tyler, uh, like Tyler Lockett and Jeff Wilson for like Alvin Kamara. Seems like doable. I think that I think you could maybe pull that off just because the names are so powerful. Alvin Kamara is still a That's very powerful. Pull. I don't think you could give away Jeff Wilson and <laughs> Tyler Lockett for Alvin Kamara. I don't know. Well, Kamara. Who but knows? The point being, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. saying. Ask, and it's like. I think people don't really get yet that I think Jeff Wilson's a top, easily top 12. Maybe, maybe actually ends up being top yeah. six rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one here. I got Traylon Burks. Wow. Receiver for the Titans. Spicy. And again, it's about cost. You guys know like when you have bananas sitting on your counter and they go like, they, they get close to like overripe. And you're like, mm -hmm. banana bread I'm going to put them in your freezer. Yeah, I'm going to make banana bread. <laughs> you're not going to make the fucking banana bread. I do. They're just going to sit in your freezer. Oh, do you? Okay, well, let's Craig, think. Some people you do. you banana bread before? Oh, I make it a couple times a year. You do? Bullshit. Yeah. I love Holy banana bread. Holy shit. The, peeling back the layers of the onion that is Craig. I had no fucking <laughs> wow. idea you bake. Yeah, sometimes. That, that's stunning. <laughs> I really like to cook. <laughs> what? Well, I'm glad because now you can go with this. <laughs> because fucking day. I Send me some banana bread. I will. Is that not like a player coming out of your injured reserve spot? Like Traylon Burks gets dinged up, a little bruised, and you're like, oh, I'll just put him on ice. Let's put him in the injured reserve. But then he comes off the injured reserve, and you're like, now he's he's not he's on the IR my anymore. roster. 
he now he's on your bench and you actually have to deal with him. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like like and you're like, oh, he's in your fridge again. You're like, and you're like, yeah. Two months ago when I put this in the freezer, this seemed like a great idea. I'm like, I don't I think I might just throw these bananas away. And I feel like that's how a lot of people <laughs> with Traylon Burks. Metaphor. <laughs> I'm just saying, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think some people have had like Traylon Burks comes off IR this week. He has three catches for 24 yards. Mm-hmm. I think you should check in with whoever has him because Half the people would be like, oh, man, he's got so much upside and he's like such a great athlete and yards after the catch, blah, blah, blah. I think other people are going to look. I kind of don't need these. Bana- I'm not going to make banana bread with this Traylon Burks guy. Like, I'm yeah. never going to play him. I'm not going to put this guy in my lineup. The Titans don't throw. And so I think people who had him on IR are probably thinking maybe about cutting Traylon Burks. And so I think you could get him for like maybe close to nothing and you should check. Because some people don't want to actually make the banana bread. I do, I do like, we talked about this earlier, like the second half of the year, especially if you're like middling to low in the rankings or in the standings or whatever in your league. Um, like making big bets and betting on guys that are going to really break out in the second half of the year is, is a good way to kind of like go for it because like you can't just keep doing what you're doing. Your team's not very good, probably. Um, I do like the idea of kind of betting on rookie receivers having a huge second half. Like there's the, you know, studies, studies or statistics show that like receivers have rookie receivers, especially are way more productive in the second half of the year just for a number of different reasons. But so like obviously deciding and figuring out who it's going to be is not always easy, but just remember Amon Ross St. Brown last year, like came out of relative obscurity and absolutely went bananas. Sorry to uh, continue with that that, that that metaphor. That was subconscious. (laughs) Uh, I like this one a lot. Yeah. I think, and I, what I like about it is I know that we have some big names in this selection, like trading for Kyler or George Kittle or T. Higgins. I like this because I actually think you could probably get Traylon Burks for like Greg Dulcich. Oh, yeah. Just super, oh, yeah. super Easily. acquirable. So anyway, all right. Next one here. Uh, I also have Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. Speaking of which, uh, this is, man, I, speaking of people that like just make people yell at their television, Broncos offense has been putrid. Cortland Sutton has been putrid. I'm kind of just betting that there's just been some weird vibes going on. Like it's between Russell Wilson being out and like, I don't think the Broncos offense can be as bad as it has been the first half. Maybe that's, maybe that's dumb since the one thing we've learned this year has been, it can always get worse. That does seem to be a theme, but Jerry Judy's <laughs> yeah. hurt. And I just feel like they're going to have to force the ball to more Cortland Sutton. And I feel like it couldn't, it, I don't know how about you guys, but you look, I don't think anyone is playing Cortland Sutton anymore. And the people who are, are really mad about it. And I think that it's the perfect kind of guy to kind of gamble and fill out the rest of your flex. Yes. And again, another person you probably don't have to give up very much, but like the amount of times they're giving in the ball versus the actual production, like the difference in expected fantasy points or not, he's just like a very obvious person to me of like, he's going to continue to play better. But the people who have him, in my experience, are losing faith because I've had three friends ask me to, whether they should cut him. How much do you guys think that fantasy players put into the little blurbs that Yahoo writes about players. Like how much do you think that affects the way they think? I think it's, I think it's like (laughs) the literal, like 10 commandments of fantasy football is whatever the fuck that blurb says. You know, what's so funny you say that I don't think I've brought this up, but one of the reasons DK that I I do the psychoanalysis is if I click on a player blurb and the player blurb blurb is beaming, I kind of assume I'll have, I won't get any kind of discount on that guy. Well, that's what I, that was my point is, is, I do think that with Jerry Judy Hurt and Sutton coming off his best game in the last five weeks, I think, you know, the end of the blurb reads, you can, Sutton can be treated as a mid-wide receiver two next weekend against the Raiders. I do think now a lot of people are going to be like, oh, like Judy's hurt. They're playing the Raiders. Like Sutton's back. He had his best game in the last five weeks. I've 
I've never thought about blurb arbitrage, but then you go to ESPN and ESPN's blurb ends with, however, with only one touchdown and one 100-yard effort, Sutton's season has been a disappointment. To yeah, this it matters, man. And I'm like, dude, it matters so much. If the blurb is good. Yeah, so that's my only fear is that a lot of people, you know, Sutton just came off 11 targets. I, I, it might be hard, but I do like it in general. I, also, their schedule for the rest of the year isn't that hard. DK doesn't have thoughts on the blurb arbitrage? <laughs> No, I think you guys are onto something. Oh, um, we 100 percent are because it's like, many, it's like the stock market kind of. Like people it, don't it have time. Things up, yeah. People no. don't have time to research and read stuff. They're not following beat writers on Twitter. All they have is this little Yahoo blurb, and whoever this nameless person is opining yeah. on a on a player, it influences every decision you make. <laughs> Incredible opining. amount of power. You know what it's like? It's really, it, it's like it's kind of like some people are just influenced by the last opinion that they hear. Like I guess to some degree, everybody is. And that's really it. Like the la- the first and the last thing you do when someone asks you about a trade is probably click on that blurb. Yeah. And that really is the, fir- the first impression and the last impression if you want to do a trade. So it's like the idea of like trading away Justin Fields, you know? It's like, well, the blurb says the second year star has thrown multiple touchdowns in three state contests. <laughs> Can't go like, against I, the you blurb. Know, gotta trade the- so anyway, I think that this there's something here. Mm-hmm. Just figuring out like- Blurb bias. Like, yeah, yeah, blurb bias. That's the power of the good. blurb. Power of the blurb. All right, uh, I'm going to give you guys a bonus one, speaking of which. Mm. I think Tom Brady is a buy low because Let's everyone go. I know is out on Tom Brady. Let's go. I have no stats. I have no. Th- I just have gut feel in my eyeballs. The Bucks offense looked better than it's been. I feel like they're going to come out of the bye. Why did like they have to do this against now. the Seahawks? I know. Bullshit. I feel like three weeks from now, we're going to be talking how the Bucks are clearly the best team in the NFC. And like, you know, the, or at least like the Bucks and the Eagles are like, the two NFC teams. Right, right. And we're going to be like, I can't believe we ever doubted Tom Brady. And he's not going to have the upside of like, rushing wise of like, you know, Tom Brady's not rushing for 160 yards in a season the way like Fields has in one game. Right. But I do think that they're just going to start passing better and he'll just merely be a top 10 quarterback again the rest of the way. And I, again, I guess this is a theme of a lot of my guys, but I just think he's extraordinarily acquirable. Like people who oh, have yeah. Tom Brady oh, yeah. probably have two quarterbacks and they probably have another quarterback that they like better. He's Obviously, been, he's person, been borderline like droppable for most of the year. That's so, the thing. Yeah. And eh, I, I, just I don't think know that about that. In single QB leagues, absolutely. Well, he's been, he's been averaging not, like 17 points a game. Well, it's yeah, like, that's like borderline. You can get that. No one's going to drop him because <laughs> he's Tom Brady. But if his name yeah. were Taylor Heineke, I think some people would have dropped Tom Brady. My point being, I think if you want to acquire, if you don't have one of the eight quarterbacks that are like good, and you're stuck with one of the four quarterbacks that are bad. I think you could roll the dice on Brady and check in with whoever has him because I think they might be totally willing to give him up. He's the he's been averaging 15 points a game over the last month, Craig. He he's the QB 20 in the last four weeks. Oh, so he, how is Craig Andy out Dalton on this? is averaging more all points than him? Done, Jacoby Brissett, he's been droppable. I would say all you've done is complain about Brady for like eight yeah. weeks, Craig, and now you're like, ah, well, you know, <laughs> you know what the problem is? Is I have two quarterbacks in that league, and the other one's Justin Herbert. So from that perspective, Tom Brady is right. Patrick Mahomes this season right. compared to Justin Herbert. But I guess, Hyvitz, let me ask you, if you want to bet on Brady for the rest of the season, which again, I, I do like, his receivers are healthy, things seem to be gelling. There are kind of a lot of good quarterbacks still. Like, would you rather, in, in a single quarterback league, you're not starting Brady over Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Tua. So that's seven. That is the eight. And and I'm even I'll even put Gino in that category. That's the eight. That's the eight I'm talking about. You're not putting Kyler in there? Oh, Kyler. Okay, yeah, fine. So that's nine. But like, yeah, but realistically, 
realistically, nine teams don't have those guys. In the leagues I have, at least, one of those teams doubles up on that guy with Tua, or one of those guys doubles up with one of those guys in Justin Fields. So, like, there's seven, if you're in a 12 team league, seven teams generally have those nine people, give or take. Four teams, someone starting Jared Goff or Daniel Jones or Trevor Lawrence. You know, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. And it's like, if you're one of those teams, I say go get Brady because someone probably has Brady and a guy or will give up Brady. And like, we'll see no difference between Brady and Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones. And I'm like, kind of take a gamble. Brady. You're completely right, though. I don't I'm not saying swap any of those eight guys for him or if you know what I mean? What I'm saying is if you are stuck with the Jared Goff streaming life, go get Brady's probably really cheap. And they might not even they might even prefer Goff straight up to Brady. Yeah, I guess you'd, you'd have to like, let's say you you have. You're trying to trade for Brady and your court and quarterback is Kirk Cousins. You, exactly. You'd probably give up. You'd have to swap. You'd have to give him Kirk. And then what? Like a Gabe Dave? No, I don't think you have to give up that much. I mean, I think that some people straight up might even prefer Kirk to Brady. Like, honestly. Oh, yeah. Easily. That's kind of my point is that especially with quarterbacks, like DK was just saying, everyone's values differently, especially with quarterbacks. Man. But if you're just offering straight up, if you go, hey. I'll give you Kirk for Brady. I feel like that person's going. What about in your league right now? If I offered you in that two quarterback league, where you have Brady or Herbert, and I offered you Kirk Cousins, who would you take? No, I would not do that. DK's surprised by that. I kind of am too. No, I, I mean, it's Tom Brady we're talking about here to end the season. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is, I'm not betting on Kirk Cousins. I'm just not doing it. I think that's, I think you'd have to sweeten the offer. I think that's uh, my point. All right. I wouldn't throw in Gabe yet, but that's my point. Just check. You'd have to throw in something. You'd have to do like a... The flip side is Tom Brady's gone. He's dead. Like, we're done with him being good. And I'm like, are we? do we live in that world yet? I don't know. I'm not ready for it. Yeah. Maybe like, you have to toss in like Darnell Mooney or something. I don't know. Chase Claypool. Claypool. Yeah, there All we right. go. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers getting no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code Ringer. Fantasy. All right. Jets are playing the Patriots this week. FanDuel Sportsbook. Patriots are giving three and a half points. Which side are you guys on? You will never get me to choose Zach Wilson over Bill <laughs> Belichick in New England. Never. But if every instinct you have is wrong. And with that said, I will be betting on the Jets. I'm betting on the Jets. Give me the Jets oh. and the points. Sign up today with the promo code Ringer Fantasy for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE and wire text hope and wire to 467-369 in new york tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 tennessee 1-800-522-4700 wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in west virginia Woo! <laughs> nicely done That's... one of your best yet i'm very proud of that one wow let's celebrate with some emails let's, let's do, do it. it all right if you missed our last couple shows there's been just a really incredible running plot of basically 
Craig made one joke one time about how many farts have ever been farted. Anyway, we have, I just want to confirm with you guys, we have successfully gotten this assigned for Mr. Uh, Widelick's advanced math class has officially been assigned how many farts have ever been farted in human history <laughs> as there is. So they're gonna, credit we're going to get a follow up on this. Yeah, they have till the end of the week. And okay. they, that is their, their extra credit so assignment has been assigned by listening to that part of the podcast. So we'll have an update on that and we'll finally have um, our, I think we've accomplished our dream, which was to inspire the youth. Nice. Maybe this will get somebody into Harvard. Who knows? <laughs> these kids cite this in like their <laughs> college essays. Wow. That would be incredible. Uh, all right. Other stuff. We talked a lot about like low stakes conspiracy theories. <laughs> Not love, like high stakes. I love Those these. are wrong and damaging on the internet. Low right. stakes. Craig mentioned recycling. Yeah. Whoa. Have I gone down the recycling? Resonated with a lot of you folks <laughs> for some reason. Got a shout out, Joey. This is wild. Joey. The symbol on the bottom of plastic is not actually a recycling logo. It's a quote resin identification code that plastic manufacturers invented specifically to look like a recycling logo as a PR stunt. Only types one and two, so basically milk jugs and two liter bottles, are actually recyclable and it's still mostly trashed anyway. This is true. I looked this up. <laughs> I so dude, shout out to all, right. all these people. Eric sent me this the John Oliver video. This is wild. But the little try like uh, like if, if you buy like anything in a plastic container from a supermarket, mm -hmm. depending on your state, that's not recyclable. Those little, you know, the little, but it has that little triangle like, with the arrows that make you think it's a recyclable. It looks like it's recyclable. This sounds like this is a bad <laughs> start. Maybe this looks like conspiracy theory. This is actually true. <laughs> this makes me very cynical about the world. Yes. <laughs> this, this is what did it. That tipped the scale. <laughs> That's the one. No, I can That's make it more. The straw that broke the camel's back, Craig. Eric with the K says to take the, the non-recyclable straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> <laughs> that's god damn it that's good so not only does the majority of does a majority of recycling get treated as regular trash but like recycling as a concept has kind of been pushed by large corporations mostly responsible for like climate environmental issues and they're basically pushing the facade of recycling onto us so that it seems like a collective problem for us and so it's not really their fault yeah this happens a lot classic a lot. it's kind of like in the pandemic Derek Thompson's talked about this, but in the pandemic where everybody just put like hand sanitizer in their stores and it's like, that's not like how you're going to get COVID, but it just makes you, okay, cool. Like I, I got this because I did yeah, my hands. Yeah. yeah. It makes you feel it's better. Like, now they don't have to. Yeah, I'm no telling you, I, I didn't need any of this information because I, I seen it. I done seen it with my two eyes, <laughs> the garbage men combining the recyclables with the non-recyclables. I'm glad Every you week. said that. I'm so glad you said that. We also got an email from James. 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 He says, my name is James. I am a recycling truck driver. Oh, no. <laughs> right. As someone who picks up recycling cans all day, I can assure you that recycling is real. I take the recycling yeah, from your house to our facility. As Dika says, very rich man, because he wishes that James would just come and really, James should pay you for the privilege of taking your recycling according to Dika. <laughs> but I take the recycling from your house to our facility where it is sorted and processed and then taken to companies to recycle it into new paper, glass, plastic, aluminum products. It is so efficient now that you can theoretically drink from the same Coke can in 60 days. That being said, wow. I do agree that it is mainly a PR stunt to make people think they are doing something to save the planet and alleviate their guilt for consuming so much shit. 
And if you look at the carbon, if you look at the carbon footprint it takes to recycle, especially considering how much stuff we sent to China for the landfills, you may as well just throw stuff away. Jesus. When you see garbage trucks taking the recycling, chances are they are sorting the material either in the trucks or at the facility with people or AI robots like we do. Mm. I also can't believe he just ended the email with, yeah, AI robots, they circle the recycling. Yeah, that's disconcerting for this whole other reason, but yeah. So anyway, I, I, this, I, I, wow, I, this has been eye-opening. So, but, but, but most of the things that we think are recyclable do not get recycled because of that no, resin it, identification code. And to be clear, we've had fun with the conspiracy theory stuff. I, there's a great John Oliver episode on this, and it's on the YouTube. It's just like the it's like a 22 minute thing, but like it's like they literally have a segment in the supermarket, and they're you know that uh, all the salad like the pre washed salad stuff like spinach or spring mix or whatever, and like they're like those plastic. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know the word, but you can yeah. see it like yeah, the yeah. plastic containers. They have like the head of. I don't know what his job is. His job is in charge of this for the state of Oregon. And obviously Oregon, you'd think, would be at the forefront of this. And he's just like, yeah, that's not recyclable. Like that logo doesn't mean when you think it like we can't in the state of Oregon, this is not recyclable. And then she, the reporter woman picks up one of those. You, you can see it like something they'll put like the fruit in, like the plastic cup that just has the top. And it's yeah. just completely clear. Through. And she's like, and he's like, no, that's not recyclable in Oregon. And it's like this. I, I, I I, we're all doing this. We're washing out these jars and like put them in. It's like, no, they can't even take it. I'm going to keep doing it though. Luckily, the robots <laughs> are, are separating them for us. So we don't have yeah. to worry. It's just, I'm radicalizing stuff. Anyway, a um, yeah. couple other low stakes conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Um, we got one from uh, Mukhtar. Mukhtar. My theory is that Mattress Firm is actually for laundering money. Because I, no, nobody buys mattresses at Mattress Firm, and yet they're everywhere, and they always have very expensive real estate. This is a good take. Yeah, mattress, the mattress store empire has always felt odd to me. It feels like it's like an Italian mob running all those. Uh-huh. Well, well, there are, I won't say anything, but everyone has a business in your town that you're kind of like, that's not. Do you think they just stuff some money in the mattresses? Literally? <laughs> it's literally under the mattress. Like, it's like in an alternate universe, Tony Soprano didn't run the Bada Bing. He ran a mattress store. How many mattresses have you bought in your lifetime? <laughs> two. <laughs> one. Or two, yeah. Like, no, you, one, where like, are all these mattresses? Once, once, once a decade, maybe? <laughs> I guess my parents bought me one when I was a kid, and then I bought one as an adult. Man, he's onto wow. something. Mukhtar, I like this one. Uh, that's good. Nick, I will not sleep with my phone uh, next to me. I know. I don't know what the radiation is up to, but I keep it in my pocket all day, so I don't know what good that's doing <laughs> That was well, funny. just don't add another half a day or whatever. I think this is very yeah. sound logic. Wes says, I am convinced that blimps cannot land. <laughs> I've only seen one attempted landing, and it was the Hindenburg, which didn't go what? well. I think all the blimps launched to stay up in the air. I've only seen one attempted landing. Has I'm Wes, have you have you YouTubed that? Because I'm sure. Well, I will say, I was driving. I don't even know where I was going. I was somewhere when I back when I lived in LA, and I was driving somewhere in like Bumfuck, California. And I looked <laughs> to my left on the highway, and I just saw the Goodyear blimp being inflated. I almost, I almost drove off the road. I couldn't believe it, dude. This is such I, a good. This is one of my favorite ones of all time. I believe we just launch blimps and leave them up there indefinitely. <laughs> I one of my favorite Forever. trivia's we've ever done for Showdown Time was the fact that there's only like nine blimps in the world. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, it's once you think about it, you're like, yeah, who make <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean when he looks at the swords, like who makes all these? Yeah, as of today, 25 blimps in existence. That's it. That's unreal Incredible. to me. It's just unreal. Double. Wow. 
Yeah. You see them all the thing. time, I feel like. It's, it's just the same blimps. We're just seeing the same, <laughs> same blimps. It's because they're Who's always job in the air. is that, by the way, to fly that? because they never like, land. You think the blimp thing ever land? They have to refuel it in midair. Like, is there like a place. preeminent blimp pilot in the world? I'd love to get him on that. Yeah, no, I bet that that that's probably really hard. To, yo, we could probably. Yeah, what do they got up to? Is it nothing autopilot. The blimp guy has he ever done a podcast? I don't know. Do you think we could get the blimp guy? <laughs> Maybe. Could, how hard could it be? Blimps. World. What does he do between the five days between college football games and the NFL? Oh, right, the humanity. Got to have good year. Okay. Um, Claire emails us and says, Claire. gorillas know more than they are letting on. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're smarter than us. They've shaped their society in such a way that humans give them housing, food, and entertainment while they laze about. And she's from Australia. So she says that gorillas do bugger all. Uh-huh. Uh, and they purposely don't mate in the wild. So they'll remain, quote, endangered. So they continue their freeloader <laughs> oh, existence. My God. That last part. And she they're purposely and says, endangered because they like being like, <laughs> they like taking it easy. <laughs> she also says, meanwhile, as I write this email to you, my husband is also writing an email to you with his own theory about something, something to do with the Vikings. I don't know. He elaborated, but I just glazed over while he was talking. Well, I got to hear the Vikings one now, too. Oh, his theory was that his, it was his theory is basically that all of the NFL football media is in a bubble about the Vikings and we're all telling ourselves they're not good, but they are good. But what was funny was in his own email, he kept being like, look, Kirk is good. Do I want him back as the quarterback next year? I don't know. Probably not. But. <laughs> He kept explaining, like, are the Kirk, are the Vikings real? I'm not sure. They might suck. And I'm like, he couldn't even commit. It's hard, so. it's hard for me to reconcile the fact that there's an Australian Vikings fan. Oh, also, well, the funny part of the email was that he's like, at, he was explaining watching the end of the Vikings-Bills game as a Vikings fan because it's Australia. It's on at like seven in the morning or whatever. And his son is like going to school and his son's trying to talk to him about something very important. He's like really nervous about like some test. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there, son. Like you'll be. And then he looks up and Josh Allen is like fumbling at the goal line and they're scoring a touchdown. And, he, and the <laughs> son's like, is it going to be OK, dad? He's like, hold on. <laughs> so. uh. Dan said, nobody will convince me that highly pressurized flammable gas inside of a tiny little tank maintained by the Home Depot employees making $9 an hour is safe. I mean, I, I can relate to this one. Yeah. Just never like little, thought of that. Like little propane tanks. I don't trust anything. I don't trust anyone with anything. I never thought of the explosive liquid gas being maintained by just people just doing their best. Going back to the flying, this is why I don't like flying. I don't trust anyone to do anything right. So... Yes, this is a good take, Dan. You tell right. me they're checking every nook and cranny of that plane every time it takes off. <laughs> they're checking every bolt and nut. <laughs> I mean, I like, my only thing with the, I'm not sure. Look, I, fear of flying is real, and I'm sure many people you listening are afraid validating. of flying. And I am going to respect that while also saying, I bet like half of you text while you're driving. Yeah, I actually don't do that. I try not to. All right, good. That's good. I'm just saying. I don't like flying, flying either. Craig, I'm with you. I don't like flying. I, I mean, listen, I fly all the time. I understand it's safe. Do I love it? No. You feel so helpless. You're literally in a metal tube 30,000 feet in the air going hundreds of miles per hour. And if anything happens, what can you do? See, this is my superpower. I can literally sleep from takeoff till we land. I have multiple flights <laughs> in my life. I have slept 30 seconds after the, the wheel left the ground, and I have woken up by the, the I think the, the most ground. hardcore people when you're flying and you look around because I'm a nervous flyer and I look around and people are already sleeping before you take off and they sleep oh, through yeah, the me. takeoff I'm like you're a fucking badass 
Yeah, I want. Me. I want to. I want to be next to you, like in the in the trenches. With, like you're the most badass person. You can sleep through the fucking takeoff. I would pay double my flight ticket to do that every single. Flight. <laughs> I I once long called drugs. In college, great, I once great. had to do the. I was in the middle seat for a drive from like. I was in the middle seat for a drive from like Washington D.C. to like Florida. I fell asleep in the middle seat of like a Ford Focus in Southern Virginia, and I woke up and we were in Northern Georgia. Yeah. I just, I, that is truly a superpower. I've been You're right. just like a really hard sleeper on traveling for some reason. It is not surprising whatsoever. I don't know why. I'm so jealous. I'm of always that. on or I'm off. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> nice. It's, it's, I don't, I try not to take it for granted. It's great. Uh, okay. You guys want to get hardcore for a moment? Sure. Sure. All right. So on the last, this is going to be really weird for anyone who didn't listen to the previous episode, but, uh, I don't remember why. Also, if you're with kids, then, um, you fix that. So I don't know why. But ostrich penises came up on yep. the last episode. I don't. Well, even Craig brought that. it up. Well, we were talking about birds that. How many birds have penises? The percentage of oh, birds that have, have penises, which is only three percent of all birds have penises. Because they have like the cloic, the cloac, the cloacas, the cloacas, the cloaca, and the ostrich is one of the birds that does, in fact, have a penis. Right, and then you were like, "What's that look like?" You two googled it. I stayed. It's not what I you think. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a bent it. arm. <laughs> it's like an elbow. Anyway, I'm gonna. We got an email from someone that I will leave nameless because I'm. They didn't ask to be na- nameless. I am leaving their name out for them, which mm. I've never done before. I'm embarrassed for them. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to be mad at you guys for talking about ostrich penises and causing this mishap I found myself in. But rea- reality is, I can only blame myself. Tuesday morning, I would decided to listen to my favorite podcast and get breakfast burritos at McDonald's, so I ordered curbside. And I was totally opposed to Googling the ostrich penis until Heifetz mentioned <laughs> how many people would refuse to Google the ostrich penis. So I decided then to Google it. And then the worst possible thing happens. I'm parked curbside and a nice middle-aged McDonald's lady brings me my food <laughs> as I have McDonald's an ostrich penis lady. on my phone screen. And she definitely sees it. And I just look at her with the Jim Halpert awkward face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and he God. Writes, I, he writes, I hate you. And I hate myself. I didn't try to explain it. I just said thanks. You can't explain it. Yeah, up, you can't try. I rolled up my window. She'll never been, forget that moment. You should have told her to like and subscribe. Check out Fantasy Football Show. <laughs> she wants in on the inside joke. Love those stars. <laughs> Love those stars. Uh, it's a podcast. Uh, I swear. <laughs> Long story. Did oh. you know only 3% of birds have penises? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say if you're in this situation and you had to get out of it? Like if your life depended on making that not awkward, what would you say? I study birds. <laughs> I'm a bird scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bird. No, it's like you're Charlie Kelly and it's always study. I'm a bird lawyer. <laughs> this is my ostrich I have at home. And he's he, he's at the doctor. He's having Don't worry, problems. We're, we're related. Yeah. <laughs> my son it's very weird law. looking i'll just say that I'd, i'm not gonna google it it's the worst kind of bird penis you could google no not a good monday night activity <laughs> but we we partook all right and lastly most importantly a lot of people had thoughts on bluetooth dk had his rant about bluetooth i don't know how long hot it was button topic few minutes yeah i'll let you know that after the podcast ended we then Talked about deep Bluetooth for like another 20 minutes as we had other <laughs> yeah. things to do. Cutting room floor. It didn't make it to the pod, thankfully. We got an email from Shady. And yes, the name was Shady. 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 
Shady says there's two categories for people in Bluetooth. There are people who like Bluetooth and there are people who have had their device <laughs> accidentally connect to another device while watching porn. <laughs> and DK this is clearly is the, in the second category. The classic scenario. That would be truly horrifying. <laughs> Amazing though. I think the the worst is like the the genre of people who like had connected their phone to their parents' car's Bluetooth and your parents would come home and it would connect to your parents' car while it was in the driveway. Diabolical. Unbelievable. Bluetooth knows what's up. I know it. <laughs> oh man. Also, I wanna I wanna point this out for everyone. I don't think I explain myself clearly enough. I like that there is a technology that you can use to connect wirelessly. Wireless technology is great. That's not something I'm complaining about. Okay. I don't like having wired headphones. That's you were complaining about the, the, the everyday functionality of said wireless I'm headphones. I'm mad. I'm upset because there's not, they haven't improved the product for like a decade. Like, can we just stop connecting to other random shit? Like, ask me if you want to connect to something. That's all I ask. So I defended Bluetooth yesterday, and then today I had my AirPods just couldn't connect. He really did. He texted us this morning. <laughs> it couldn't. wouldn't connect. I was like, this is what I get for defending Bluetooth. It just uh, crapped out on me. I don't know. I So I get. I, I think Bluetooth has a technology. Wireless communication, wireless connection is great. Like, I'm not arguing against that. I just wish it didn't suck so much. Like, can we improve on the product? Everything else around us, every other technology on Earth has improved in the last 10 years except Bluetooth. That's all I'm saying. Turn the Bluetooth off when you're watching naughty videos. But what is Bluetooth, <laughs> naughty. though? Like, what is it? I don't know. A short-range wireless technology standard. What does that mean? At, at what point is all of this magic? At what point can you not explain any of this that it's just, this, this is wizard? Every day I move closer wizard. and closer to thinking we live in a simulation. <laughs> uh. All right, well. I'm glad in that simulation you still Google ostrich penises. Uh, we, let's get out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, everyone who emailed us. Emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Thank you to that person who um, told us about that McDonald's <laughs> That's great. excursion. Thank you to everyone uh, for the recycling. Or not. I don't know. Thank, do whatever you want. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Trey Songs. Okay. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Craig's reaction was also how I felt. I came I came across that say ah song. Have you guys oh, yeah. heard that one? Yeah. Say, say ah, 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 ah. Yeah. yeah. I came across that the other day and I was like, holy shit, I haven't thought about this in for 12 years. Trey Songs had, point, had a moment. When I hear when I hear the name Trey Songs, I just think about the Drake line when he's like, My girl told me I'd never be Trey Songs. Boy, was she wrong. And I'm not even saying it's a great line. It's just that literally just <laughs> plays. It's like a trailer. For the name, it's like, yeah, yeah, Trey Songs. I'm like, boy, was she wrong. I just think every time I hear it. You guys know the key to good banana bread is a little bit of Greek yogurt. <laughs> oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah, it adds moisture. Is that like how Anthony Bourdain puts a little sour cream in that? Or not, oh, I messed that wording up. But Anthony Bourdain's recipe is like putting a little dollop of sour cream in the eggs. Yeah, yeah, it's the same principle. Same with like sour cream and Greek yogurt does a lot for moisture. Like a little bit of sour cream in your guacamole or a little bit of Greek yogurt in your guacamole. Um, same with banana. A, a lot of like, a lot of pastries and doughs and stuff like that. A little bit of sour cream or Greek yogurt goes a long way. How do you like your banana bread? Do you like, how moist do you like it in the middle? Like, do you like it like like dry, I like cakey? It, or like I like it dense as like lead. Like I want it dense as <laughs> the densest material. That's why I'm liking this. I'm into this. 
I don't like it dry. I prefer it to be moist. I don't want it to be crumbly. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Craig, I want to try some of your banana bread. How many bananas do you put in a banana bread? Eh, like four. How have you not mentioned that you cook that you bake banana bread before? We've known each other for years. I didn't know that was worthy of a of pointing out. (laughs) I just it's funny to picture you with an apron and I can't even explain why. Uh, my my fiance's mother got me a grateful dead apron two years ago and I adore it. It's a cool, it's a cool apron. I hope I have it forever. Oh aprons are the best. That's a take of aprons mine. Aprons are great. We do not use aprons enough. <laughs> no, aprons are sick. They're so useful. You have like, you feel like Batman with the tool belt. You can put anything in your yeah. pockets. You wipe, like I, all I did growing up was wipe my hands on my shirt and pants. My parents used to get on me. Stop wiping your hands on your clothes after you eat. The apron <laughs> is unbelievable. I've almost been so trained not to touch my body when I'm cooking that I have to, I had to like relearn that I didn't have, that that, that, that was no longer a problem when wearing an apron. I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like dunking my hands in sauces and flowers and I'm just wiping it all on the apron. It's great. Do you wash also, it? the person with an apron is in charge. Totally. Like, if someone with an apron on asks you for something, you just have to do it. Yeah, they have all power in the kitchen. Like, can you get me this, like, <laughs> thing from the kitchen? Get me this tongs, sacrifice your firstborn. It's like, absolutely. I made unreal blueberry lemon muffins in the pandemic. <laughs> blueberry lemon? Yeah, they were really good. Where'd you get the recipe? Bon Appetit. When you Google recipes, is it, like, 30 websites and you're, like, I don't, I've never heard of these websites before. Yeah. I feel like that always happens. I don't want to read a goddamn blog about a recipe. Just give me the ingredients. Yeah. Why does everyone put like how your great grandmother like loved this? I like, just, it's gotta be something to, to do with like searchability. Yeah. It's also the, the longer the article, the longer, the more retention you are, you have yeah. on the page. You should sell more ads. It's like stuff like that. I'm just surprised that isn't counterbalanced by like, I Googled this in the supermarket and I just need to know if I need chives. Or not. Give me the goddamn ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> So lemon, lemon blueberry muffins? Yeah, they were super good. Bon Appetit. I, I usually just go after the reputable like food magazines and food websites for for recipes. I'm not just going to like some random lady's blog who lives in the Midwest. I gotta I gotta go try to? harder to cook. I have like probably five or six really good cookbooks and I make the same three goddamn things every day. Like I, I love just cooking. Need, yeah. I need to get more into it. It's just like a lot of time though, sometimes. I cook more than I bake. I'm not like a crazy big baker. I, I do it occasionally. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love cooking. It's like a little project at the end of the day. I look forward to it. It's it's one of the very few things left in life that's tangible that you can like do with your hands if you just like have a normal job. You know, most of us yeah. sit on our computers all day. So I actually look forward. It's like working out the same way. Like you can physically lift a yeah. weight up and down and I can physically, you know, mix ingredients together in a bowl. It's like one of the last few things you can actually do and, and make with your hands. It's like in San Francisco, how all these people, like all these like tech people got into like pottery has come back because people yeah. just wanted something to do with their, with that you can't use your phone for touch two grass. hours. And I do think- Touch like, grass, yeah, guys. I do, touch, touch grass. Touch grass. That's, this is- a, The human urge to actually do something with your hands, do something tangible. That's why I like getting back into golf is like really like at the core of it, it's just like everyone, you know, it's just like my dad, you know, taught me to play golf, but it's also just, you know how many times I ask myself which way the wind is blowing? It's like, great. never. It's so nice to be like, which real, how hard is this wind really? Other than sitting in a movie theater, there's nothing comes close to an, an activity where you do not look at your phone than golf. Golf is truly four to five hours. I don't look at my phone. How, I mean, what else is there in, in life where you can do that? Chaos. I feel like at the point where if you just don't bring your phone somewhere, like it's kind of like almost like a, like it's, it's re- like reckless. You're like, oh my God. 
I know you're like living on the edge. Yeah. I just went to the supermarket to bring my phone. <laughs> all right, that's all we got. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.